Oh, let's listen to the music a little more today. Shall we do that? That's fun. Oh, slow build back up. Oh. Welcome into All Pro Lines, everybody. It's a podcast we do here. I'm your host, Kostaki Economopoulos. Uh, football comedy talk. That's what we do. You know that, right? We know You know what we do here. Um, lots to talk about, as always. Uh, I'm playing Hurt today. I apologize. I will probably have to clear my throat a handful of times more than you want me to. Uh, apologies to your ear holes for that. Uh, but uh, that's, how, that's how we do. We, we're here we're for you. Sick or not, that's how we do it. Uh, <laughs> we don't claim to be good or interesting or compelling, but we are consistent AF. Every, every Monday night at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live, the All Pro Lines platform. Uh, and then in your holes whenever you want after that. It's nice. It's nice. What's up, Jerry, Ron, Andreas in the house, Susan, some of our favorites, Jonathan McScrappy, McKenny. Now that's a sweater, says Jonathan. Yes, sir. I am festive. Yes. Uh, this matches a uh, a 14-year-old's uh, sweater in my house. So once in a while, wear them together. At least that was the theory. I don't know if it's ever actually happened. Um all right see there's the throat clearing we got a sick four-year-old's kind of sick the ex-wife is kind of sick i've been like i feel like i'm gonna be sick tomorrow for like six days in a row so i guess this is me being sick um it's not terrible but it is a drag uh made it through the uh the divorce tour show we did it we did an hour maybe 65 minutes or so of that crazy wackadoo idea uh at uh, flappers in burbank on saturday night and it went pretty well we, we got a video of it uh chris has already had like a three-hour meeting with the manager with all the notes and do this and never say this and you got to build a through line here and you got to do this different and so uh yeah but it was largely a success we saw, saw some great friends including uh sherry rudnick and uh, a bunch of chris's friends and some of my buddies and Dan Kaufman was in the house. You don't see that often. Oh, speaking of Dan Kaufman, there's a good segue to this. Um, uh, my radio buddy in uh, Pennsylvania, Prospector. He's a lifelong Rams fan. So he had tickets to see Rams, Broncos, Christmas Day here in L.A. And there was a death in the family, like his mother-in-law or something. So they're not making the trip. So he sent me the tickets. Christmas Day, 1.30 p.m. local football game. It works for me. I cleared it with the ex, and she's been very kind about it. She goes, it's your birthday. Do what you want. Um, uh, but Christmas Day is a hard day to get a friend to come with you to a, to a thing. <laughs> so I, I texted Augie Smith, who I love, lives out here. Augie's got three small children. <laughs> Augie said, I'm going to float it by the wife. I don't know how it's going to go. If it goes badly, I might need to stay with you for a few days. <laughs> so <clears throat> he said, give me 24 hours. I'll see my father-in-law is going to be in town. Maybe even give us a ride to the stadium or whatever. So he was already kind of planning in his head. And the next day I got a very flat short. Uh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so I'm like, who can go? Who, who goes? Who is able to escape the family on, you know, Christmas Day? Who? And then I thought. A Jew with no family. That's who I'll ask. Dan Kaufman. He's in. <laughs> All he had to do was clear it by a girlfriend. 
Easy money for him. So it's going to be fun. Uh, we got Ryan Chambers in here. All right, we got fantasy playoffs going bananas all over the place. Um, some folks have buys and maybe aren't playing this week. I got, I'm in five leagues. Uh, I have buys in three of them. Sadly, one of the buys is in the consolation bracket. <laughs> uh, and I need uh, the Packers defense to get six points in an old-fashioned kind of league team defense situation tonight to move on to the playoffs in my old home league. And I need uh, I need a big night from Aaron Jones and Christian Watson tonight to uh, move on in the in the old school Andreas Economopolis league, the uh, the A league, the big money players league, whatever you call it these days. Um, Andreas needs a Watson thing too. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I know there's that's going on for a lot of you people. It's a big uh, there's implications tonight. <clears throat> and certainly you've either just moved on otherwise or just had your heart broken. I, I like in the end of a fantasy football season to uh, the end of a poker tournament. You kind of knew intellectually that it was possible at any moment that it would be over. But it doesn't really like you're just in it and it's details and you care about it and you're passionate about it. And then at one moment it's over forever. And you'll never have that same team again. And you don't see that. It's like that that league connection is gone for eight months. It's weird how it's sort of got this heaviness and a finalist to it. So that's around the corner for a lot of us or uh, just behind us in a lot of cases. So hugs for that because that's a painful moment in, in a fantasy football kids uh, world. Uh, and then there's joy and exhilaration and happiness and like the the feeling of like I did all this the whole season and it finally paid off and it worked we you know so it's it's the full range it's fun all right let's uh, let's do some jokes and we're gonna bring in Bi Brian Miller's our guest today uh, I mean, we should do some announcements too I just got a cameo request it's the perfect gift for your dad I'm telling you your dad doesn't like stuff he doesn't he's impossible to buy for but he knows me from the Bob and Tom show. And for a weirdly small number, I will tape a video of me wishing him a Merry Christmas and making fun of his favorite football team. What do you want in life? It's weird and different and interesting and cheap and easy for you to do. It's the perfect gift idea. Uh, go to Cameo and look me up. That's easily done. Check out what we got going on here at Patreon, All Pro Lines. If you just go to patreon.com and type in All Pro Lines. It'll give you the... It'll give you the tears. It'll give you the perks. It'll, you know, basically what we're doing is we're asking you to support the things that you, that you like. That's all, you know, you can just set it up. So you're contributing five bucks a month to all pro lines. You don't have to think about it again. And you're kind of, you know, you're voting with your dollars. It's a nice, it's a nice idea. Gigs. Kostaki.com is all the gigs. I'm doing Minneapolis new year's week. I can't wait. It's one of the great clubs. Um, and then the first weekend of uh, 2023, I'm doing Greensburg, Indiana, Terre Haute, Indiana, Lafayette, Indiana. Those are all three going to be good. Uh, particularly the Terre Haute and Lafayette ones have uh, radio support behind them, so we're likely to get big, uh, big, nice crowds. Barry Barry Weekman chimes in. Hi, knuckleheads. Good to see you, Barry. Mo Marks. What's up, Mo? Welcome. Uh, I've got Mahomet, Illinois on the schedule and Shelbyville. Uh and check out our sponsors. That's another way to say kind of thanks to all pro lines. It costs you nothing to use our code. Uh, in fact, you get uh, up to 100 bucks matching deposit. Uh, we've got two of them, and it's the same deal with both. It's, uh, ha, 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 I should know this very quickly and easily. It's underdogfantasy.com, 
and monkeyknifefight.com. In both cases, if you use the code ALLPROLINES, uh, they'll match your first deposit of 100% up to 100 bucks. So basically, you put in 70 bucks, you'll have 140. You put in 100, you'll have 200. You can't take it out right away. They got this complicated algorithm. You got to play it through or something, but whatever. It's free money as long as you hang around and play for a little while. Um, uh, that's probably it for the announcements. Brian Miller looks like he's jumping in. Let's do a few jokes and we'll we'll, we'll get to Brian. Uh, the two-minute drill. You know what? I was going to open with the Vikings jokes, but... Uh, Two strikes. Brian's here. <laughs> Maybe we could save those couple of those. Talk to him about it. And he wrote most of them. <laughs> Let's do this. Uh, Matt Ryan. This is amazing to me. All right. Just just briefly. Just take this into your little your little head. Biggest blown lead in NFL history. Matt Ryan. Check up thirty three nothing this weekend. Lost. Biggest. You know this one. Everyone knows this one. Biggest blown lead in the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan. Check up 23, 28 to three and lost biggest blown lead in an NFC title game. Matt Ryan check 2013. The Falcons were up against the Colin Kaepernick led Niners 17 to nothing. I was sitting next to a Niners fan during this game. It was obnoxious and terrible. Uh, lost. Uh, Kaepernick went on to lose. And that was the crazy Harbaugh bowl. Remember when the lights went out and the two Harbaugh brothers were playing each other. Biggest blown lead in international game. Matt Ryan, check. 2014, the Falcons were up on the Lions. 21 to nothing in London. Lost 22 to 21. Oh, that hurts. And, of course, there's several other of these, like, weird ones where you're up against the Cowboys with – you're up, like, 17 points with whatever, four minutes left, and you have the crazy spinny watermelon kick, and they recovered and won <clears> – <throat> Uh, there's so many of these poor Matt Ryan. Is it Matt Ryan? Is it just the dumb luck of being Matt Ryan on teams that are terrible? I don't know what's happened. We'll, we'll ask, uh, we'll ask Brian Miller this. He watched it a little more closely. Uh, has anyone ever seen Matt Ryan successfully finish a meal? I just assume he drops the second half of the steak on the floor and loses his wallet. Right. It's sad. We had some great endings. This would have been a great football weekend for drinking games because half of the games made you feel like you were already drunk, right? We had th- this is a record tying three walk offs in an NFL Sunday. As a Falcons fan, I usually walk off, you know, second, third quarter, something like that. Patriots Raiders game that was that was kind of funny and hilarious and weird and exciting. This is it was like a David Lynch film. It was <laughs> if you didn't see it, go look it up. It's it's a tie. It's 24 to 24. It's the last play of the game. <clears throat> Running back makes 15 or 20 yards and then pitches it back to a wide receiver who then throws it too high in the air, diagonally cross into the middle of the field, vaguely towards his quarterback. It's picked off by the linebacker who's standing there. He then stiff arms the quarterback through the field into the earth and runs in for a touchdown. There's no time on the clock. The home Raider fans were going fucking bananas. It was pretty funny to watch. Uh, 
And we also had the uh, the Jaguars one on the last play of the game with a pick six against Dak Prescott. We were seeing some exciting football, some crazy, interesting stuff this week. Um, all right, we got to cover this. This might be the most Falcons headline of all time. Ready for this? Falcons DC, Dean Pease carted off after pregame collision. All right, let's break it down. First of all, they lost their defensive coordinator. Boy, I hope this doesn't mean the Falcons defense is going to suck now. That would be terrible. <laughs> Second of all, how funny is it the defensive coordinator couldn't even defend himself, right? And it wasn't even during the game. It was in the wild and violent pregame warm-up phase when all the injuries happened. How do you get hurt in the pregame warm? You're not even a player. What's happening? Also, he's the oldest defensive coordinator in the league, 73 years old. His name is Dean Pease. We're not, I'm not just pronouncing it for the comedy. His name is P-E-E-S. That's 73 years of pee jokes for this poor guy. <clears throat> I bet during pregame collisions, Dean Pease. Huh? Surely dudes add stuff to his name card on the door, right? says Dean Pease on the door. They just scribble next to it, down his leg, on your mom, in your mouth, right? It's good comedy. How do you not? They had to stop the Bills game because fans were throwing snowballs, or as Philly fans call those, kisses. It's nice. It may seem inhumane, but beating dolphins in, a, in the snow, it's just part of Buffalo's culture. It's part of, you know, you can't. Deshaun Watson said he's nowhere near where he wants to be as a player. He's going to be more of a player? He gads. This fucking guy. I'm so rooting against him. The podcast, the fantasy podcast I listen to, it's funny. They've been kind of cagey about not over-expressing themselves about how they feel about Deshaun Watson. But now they, 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 when they refer to him on the show, they call him Voldemort, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> it's just like a little quiet dig forever. Oh, Watson played his first home game as a Brown. Said he was excited to play in front of the best fans in the world. Well, according to court records, some of the people he's played in front of, not fans. They're not fans at all. They're mad about what happened in the, those situations. The Browns offensive coordinator, which, by the way, how perfect is that title for the guy who's in charge of Deshaun Watson? Offensive coordinator. <laughs> he hinted that Deshaun's going to throw deep more often. Yeah, Deshaun's the kind of guy who's going to take some shots. We know this about him. This fucking guy. All right. You know him, you love him. It's Brian Miller. He's a great follow on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and stuff. Uh, he wrote a funny article, which I reposted today in a few places. Uh, let's get him on here. One of the great comics in America and one of the great writers, Brian Miller. Nah, unmute yourself again, you idiot. <laughs> I just about you. You can't even push the right button with the thing. I think you have to unmute me. All right, whatever. I'm unmuted. <laughs> comeback. It was the greatest comeback of all time. I up the hole and now I'm soaring. You have two in a row. All right. There's no reason to mince words or waste time. You just survived one of the craziest rides any football fan has ever done, ever. It it's really hard to describe. So I, I'll tell people for in the interest of self-promotion, go online, read the article. It's at zonecoverage.com. But it was it was not really even a joke. It was it's an emotional timeline of how I was feeling throughout the game. Um Vikings and, fan, lifelong Vikings fan for the yeah. newcomers here. And, uh, I mean, this one was supposed to be the easy one. This was supposed to be the, like, all right, bad game last week. Now we'll clinch against the Colts. Right. The rest, of the, the rest of the season, we'll see if we wind up in the two spot or the three spot. And Okay. And uh, so I, I was shoveling some snow in the morning. I was feeling pretty good about it. 
I come in, I turn on the TV. It's like the Colts are already in the red zone. And it's like 30 seconds of the game. I'm in the red zone. And then from there, it's just every bad thing that can happen, happened. All of it happened. Uh, I mean, it was, there was a blocked punt. There was a pick six. There was a, a, a turnover on downs. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was just one a fumble. Alvin Cook fumbled. Um, just I mean, you couldn't believe it. And I just my wife was making Christmas cookies at the time, uh, and I just kept saying like, "Well, they're down, they're down 20. She's like, "What do you mean they're down 20? <laughs> she's like, it "Just she's like, I've frosted one cookie." I'm like, well, then now they're down 20. Um, <laughs> and so it got to halftime, and it was 33 nothing. And I thought, I'm done. I, I'm I'm going to the movies. So I went to go get movie tickets and I just missed my window. I just missed it. I almost got those movie tickets, but it was it, it started like five minutes earlier. I was like, yeah, I put my coat on. I'm going to do some Christmas shopping. I start watching the third, second half, you know, third quarter. And uh, KJ Osborne makes a touchdown. He's finally playing well. Good for KJ. And I wound yeah. up watching the third quarter with my coat on because I kept thinking, I'm not falling for this. I'm, I'm going to get some <laughs> Christmas shopping done. Like a, a touchdown is nice, but it doesn't matter. That's the image that has stuck with me of you with your coat on trying to stop watching the game in the third quarter. It's hilarious. Because I kept thinking, I'm, I'm, I was for a while, I just stood and watched it in my coat. And then finally, I sat down and watched it in my coat. And we got to the fourth quarter, and I was like, time for the coat to come off. Of course, there was like an hour and a half of football left at that point because the game, by the way, was four hours and five minutes long. Is that right? Yeah. The game started at noon, and the game ended at 4.05. Because they played till the very end of overtime and with all that scoring, um, and there was a bunch of replays. And uh, yeah. I should also mention, and I know this sounds like a little bit of grousing, <laughs> the game should have been that close. The Vikings should have just won. The officiating in that game was so bad. It was so bad that I was texting other friends of mine who didn't watch like the Vikings, saying, like, hey, are you watching this? Like, <laughs> honest question, objective answer. Is is this crazy? Like, the worst officiating I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Shannon Sullivan ran back a fumble for a touchdown, but the referees, oh, they blown the whistle. They blew the whistle while the, the receiver was still fighting for yards, got a couple more yards, then lost the ball. It was crazy that they blew the whistle that early. And then like for the, the rest of the game, they would just let people play. They could be like army crawling on the field with people on their backs. Like, ah, keep it going. Uh, <laughs> then they called back an incredible punt return that would have positioned the Vikings to have a big comeback early to help to you know, start the comeback. Uh, they called it back on a face mask penalty, and the, the announcers, Nate Burleson, was like, well, I've watched every single player on the replays, and I haven't seen anyone touch a face mask yet. They, they were openly commenting on, like, where was this phantom face mask? Right. And so then, later in the game, the Vikings are finally making a comeback. They would have tied the game up, or very nearly, on uh, another Chandon Sullivan very clear scoop and run and score. It was the clearest, purest there's no purer fumble recovery than this fumble recovery. He was never, <laughs> he was on his feet the whole time. The ball was just bouncing around. He picked it up. He ran it in. No one touched him. <clears throat> but the referees blew the play dead because they like lost track of the ball for a second. It was unbelievable. And then when Sullivan understandably rips his helmet off in frustration for having two touchdowns called back on completely penalty. terrible calls, they give him 15 yard penalty for unsportsmanlike. Yeah. I mean, it was unspeakably bad officiating so in a way the vikings just it should I'm, it was thrilling that it was that close but it should have been like oh they won by 10 you right know? right should never it's weird. Over it's weird like i kind of look back at the box score 
it's not like the Colts offense was amazing in the first half. They just had all these weird things happen. You know, they had yeah. two sort of defensive special teams touchdowns. And then the other team like turned the ball up. They like there were some they were sort of handed this half. It was like, here the football gods have smiled on you. Here you have a giant lead. See if you can blow it. Ah, oh, yes, I bet we can. Yeah, and Matt Ryan wasn't playing badly. Uh, he was playing kind of like what you think of Matt Ryan, which is weird. He looks like Kirk Cousins' grandfather when he plays. He's like <laughs> two and a half years older than Kirk, I think. Um, but he's just such a statue in that pocket. And But he actually played pretty he, – he did what you want Matt Ryan to do for the first half and even parts of the second half, which is like, you know, keep the try to keep the ball out of the other team's hands and throw a lot of good seven-yard passes and, you know, chunk play your way down the field. He was got off on the red zone. That this, like, like five field goals. Um, I, I, I think that the offense might scored of one that. touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. – the offense wasn't great. But, I mean, you know, blocked a punt. Uh, the pick six was like this – the smoothest pick six you've ever seen. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was just like, and then of course the Vikings, anything time something good happens for them, they get it blown back from the refs. So it was just crazy. Uh, the first, I half. feel like in some of the other famous Matt Ryan blowout situations, I'm I, the coaching was bad. Like you, you're they're co You're coaching in a way that will allow crazy craziness to happen, which is the only way you can lose with a giant lead. Did you feel mm -hmm. like that was happening in this game? Yeah, it, it was so kind of pernicious and sneaky that, like, honestly, I felt nothing for the first two touchdowns. Other than I was like, "That's nice. They're not gonna like. It's not gonna look so ugly on the score on the scoreboard, you know." <laughs> but it was like, whatever. I got a couple touchdowns. It was a little bit, but not quite as bad as in that Super Bowl when, like, I just remember the the, the Super Bowl loss with the Falcons being at Liquid Laughs in Boise watching with the other comics and literally jumping off my bar stool and jumping up and down on the ground <laughs> shouting, run it, run it, why aren't you running it? Yes, you know? of course. We all and, were and, screaming that. And also, why aren't you, you know, like, <clears throat> why are you hiking it with 11 seconds left? Every snap should be with two seconds left. Like, just bleed the clock. In right. retrospect, I kind of think <laughs> if they would have run the ball every play, the Colts, Every play was a running play, and they take the maximum amount of time for every snap. I think they could have got enough first downs to just bleed the clock. Right. That's the other. Th yeah. To take the. That's a funny thing. If you could, if you could, t it would be a great thing to test. Like, even if the defense knows we're running at every play, you're going to get some first downs, and yeah. you punt it, and there's no pick six, and there's no strip sack, and there's no chaos where that mm -hmm. gives the other team this this new life. Um. Yeah, I mean, if they had you just give, done that a, a handful give, of more times in the Super Bowl, they would have won easily. Yeah, couple of play-action plays, and you're like, hey, Matt, if somebody's totally open six yards down the field, go ahead and throw it. Otherwise, you know, just down it one yard, run ahead, or whatever. Like, I, I think you actually could have done it, but it didn't feel as as uh, as coaching – it was bad coaching, but it didn't feel as bad as the, 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 the Falcons game because the Falcons game, you kind of felt it going that way. And I just remember thinking, like, why aren't we slowing the slide? Like – the momentum's going the wrong way. We could like pull back on this really easily right now. And the Vikings right. thing, it was almost like, holy crap, how did they get caught up? Like it, it did seem like it came out of the blue. It, you know, <laughs> and it was a couple of like a Dalvin Cook just cracked off a run. It was just a dynamite, just ran ran the field, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Vikings, and the thing about yeah, the, the thing is the Vikings are good. And I think because they are streaky. And they're very streaky. They're very frustrating. People continually are caught off guard when they're good, but it's like man, when they're humming, 
they're really humming. I mean, they beat the Bills just just playing well. They beat the Bills without a lot of chicanery. Um, this game felt fluky all up and down, but I think you know, sneaky, the flukiest thing about this is that the Vikings had to come back as much as they did. That I think with just a just a couple of things slightly differently, mostly officiating, this just turns out to be like, oh, the Vikings gutted it out and lost one that should have been easier, as opposed to, holy smokes, that's the greatest comeback of all time. Now, that said, I'm glad it worked out the way it did, because it was really fun to watch. That was yeah, really, really fun. I'm glad you didn't miss it, because I, I I did Bernard this morning, and uh, they had a friend who didn't who watched the first half, turned it off, didn't know the Vikings won until he saw it in the paper. That's very old school. <laughs> well, you know, that's what happened to me with the Minneapolis Miracle or the Minnesota Miracle or whatever they Is call it. Is that right? You missed that Yeah, one? I was so furious when they blew uh, they blew a couple of easy plays right at the end and it didn't say, it was like, and I was like, you know what? I'm done. And I, I turned the TV off. I threw the remote down and I woke up the next morning and checked Twitter. And I, the first couple <laughs> posts that I saw, I thought were sarcastic posts. So I was like, yeah, yeah, they lost. You don't got to be a jerk about it. And I was like, Man, there's a lot of people making sarcastic jokes <laughs> about the Vikings winning. And then I, I watched it on my phone and saw the play. I, I couldn't believe it. I woke up late on Sunday because I didn't feel well. It was Saturday. And uh, I flipped on the flipped on my phone and I was like, 30 to nothing. That's clearly not. That's not. That's something. That's a glitch, right? And I refreshed <laughs> it. And I was like, that can't be. 30 well, to nothing. 20 to nothing within like 10 minutes of time regulation yeah it wasn't even deep into the second quarter it was 30 to nothing it was like yeah i mean it was 20 it couldn't believe how fast they were down by 20 (laughs) at one point the vikings were on pace to lose i think 76 to nothing (laughs) it was something else and then we had so many other games that were so that such dramatic exciting crazy conclusions yeah well here's my here's my other axe to grind actually didn't think I could see worse officiating than I saw in the Vikings game until I watched the night game last night. That was the worst officiating I've ever seen. I've never seen of high school officiating that bad. Oh, I didn't see that one. That one I watched, I watched almost all of the Sunday action, but I, I didn't watch the Sunday night game. So it was ugly, huh? There it was right at the end. It should have been a tie game. It should have gone to overtime. And I have no skin in this commander's giants game. Like their records are tied. There, it doesn't change whether or not the Packers don't do or don't make it. I'd always like to see the Packers lose. You know, it doesn't change anything. Neither of them can catch the Vikings. It doesn't matter. I, I don't care. You know, I have no. I don't like either team. I don't. <laughs> but the Commanders were driving to tie it, and the referee threw. It was. I think what people who don't like about football hate about football is it feels like it doesn't matter what you see happens that an arbitrary set of invisible rules just dictate the course of the game that. That just like anytime something cool happens, you don't know if it's cool. And oh, something bad happened, but actually something good happened because a guy threw a flag. I, I think that I think that is a really unfun part of professional football. Um, is it? Uh, Barry suggested that we're going to have to, you know, eventually all the calls are going to be overturnable, like soccer. Do you like that idea? Does that fix it for you? No, I'd actually prefer to go back to no instant replay. I know it's not popular, but like I'm so tired of watching stuff, and you can never just have a moment of pure joy because you go, "Oh, they scored! Let's see if it stands." Oh, they did this! Let's see if it stands. Oh, right. I wonder if somebody threw a flag on the other side of the field on a minor holding penalty. Some of that's not going to go away, but I actually would prefer to live in a world of no instant replay. I, I think it, I think it evens out in the wash. But this was worse than a non-replayable, reviewable call. They the the, the commanders line up. 
They score a touchdown with like 20 seconds left, 25 seconds left. Now they're still going to have to do the two point conversion, but they're going to get to go for it. And if they do, they're going to tie the giants 20 to 20 going into overtime. Last time these two teams played a couple weeks ago, they tied 20 <clears> to 20 at the end of overtime. So we're going to get a complete replay. It's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm into it. I'm excited about this. I'm ready to watch this overtime. The, uh, I believe it was Terry McLaurin, wide receiver, is lined up very wide right. Uh, nobody goes right. It's all an up-the-middle run play. Terry McLaurin has nothing to do with this play. Terry McLaurin lines up behind the line of scrimmage. He looks at the line judge, and he points to his foot, and the line judge doesn't say anything. And then he points again, and you can see he's saying, I'm on the line, right? I'm lined up on the line of scrimmage, right? And the line judge doesn't say anything. The ball snapped. The line judge throws a flag immediately. Like, he was just dying to throw a flag on Terry McLaurin, who is standing <laughs> about one foot too far back from the line of scrimmage. Not over it. Too far back, which meant that technically he was leaving a tackle uncovered. And in doing so, it was an illegal offensive formation, and they called the touchdown back. Yeah, the ref that I saw later on Sports Center said that he thought it was too technical a penalty that he wouldn't have called, which the, I, which is an interesting idea that it had never occurred to me that they would shrug at something that would be actually illegal but not enough it, of a thing. Well, because McLaurin pointed, and the the, the referee, uh, whoever it was, Blandino or you know whoever the uh, Sterator. Wasn't there? We know they have the there. It was always the leftover referee from last year is the the analyst referee right on the broadcast. And the broadcast referee said that first off, it was such a ridiculous technical thing that it was preposterous to alter the outcome of the game for that. But more than that was he said that all the time wide receivers will look at a line judge and point to be like, hey, I'm on the line, right? And the judge will be like, nah, scooch forward a little bit. That it's very common because the, it's an imaginary line. And the right, line judge right. is standing directly on that imaginary line. Now, you, what you don't want is to be over the line, which puts you <laughs> off sides, which is kind of – off sides is kind of undeniable, right? Like, don't right. put your foot two feet over the line. Like, you're off sides. It's off sides. Standing too far back is so stupid. It's such a stupid technical thing. But he actually pointed to be like, you're fine, right? And when the judge didn't do anything, he was like, I guess I'm fine. And when the flag comes out, you can see McLaurin being like, wait, what, what are you talking about? What are you yeah. talking about? It was I didn't realize that that was common for them to have a conversation about that kind of thing. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so I just it is I a mean, dumb rule. Was, I mean, it, you, yeah. you have to have some rule about offsides. Sure. But, but the on the other end, like you're too far. Who gives a shit? And Why and would and that even be about, a rule? It's not like, um, you know, it wasn't like uh, the coach. Uh, Rivera dialed up some crazy play where like Terry McLaurin lined up 17 yards back and he was going to run like a gunner to jump through a hole or some wild, you know, thing. It was literally a foot too far back. Like he thought he was where he was supposed to be. He was effectively where he was supposed to be and nothing that he did mattered to the play. Yeah. It was right. just, I mean, to me, it was just kind of sickening. It was just like, what's the point of even playing the games, you know? And so after watching this and that Vikings game, I really thought it was, Somebody's got to do something about this. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a little bit of a of a debate developing in the chat on Facebook Live. Uh, yeah, Barry said they have to start reviewing at least defensive pass interference. Um, and Ron Milford's agreeing with Brian. Like, definitely no instant replay. And there's, there's a little bit of back and forth here. I, I, I'll tell you what. I kind of agree with both of them. I, I kind of agree with Barry that, like, if you're going to do these replays, I think you should have, like, the, the, the because now we have the New York God, right? We've got the God sits in 
the New York office somewhere with all these replay things. And anytime there's a replay, they kick it to New York and, and the football officiating God looks at it and determines that's how all the replays are ultimately done. They even do it on non-reviewable or, you know, automatically reviewable plays. Right. There's, it's probably a, a committee of five gods. Let's face it. They're all sitting up there checking this stuff. Why not? If that's the case, then that guy should be able to overrule everything. That guy, that guy should be able to dial in and be like, pick that flag up, you idiot. Why did you throw it a dumb flag that had nothing to do with anything? Like, if we're going to grant why, that they're, you know. Why, why did we give him this guy attitude? <laughs> yeah, like, we, we've created God, basically, to, to decide. But then we've limited his powers. I don't understand. That seems very stupid. Like, so that's why I personally favor no replay. You just, it is what it is, man. Go yeah. with it. Good luck. And, and, and you're going to get some bad calls. Of course you're going to get some bad calls. But I think the pace of the game and the experience of watching the game is so much better. And I do think it evens out for the most part. It does even out. That part of it I like. The problem is that we're in a we're in a slow-mo world now. And yeah. so many of the calls are actually wrong. And you on the couch get to see the right call. It's very clear to you. Yeah. And it undermines the integrity of the game to get in the in the minds and the hearts of the fans when so many of the calls would be wrong and especially the key ones at the end of a game or that you know like the reason we got some of these extra looks at things is because the saints got fucked over a couple of times that was sort of important at the end of you know for playoffs so i i get it i feel like for me i think you have to embrace instant replay it's just a matter of figuring out a way to use it so that it doesn't do the things that you're saying it slows down the game and you don't have the immediate joy when there's a touchdown because you're like well let's take a look i agree with i agree with what you're saying too that's um, the part. i think everybody it's it's like it's easy to remember the time that the call went wrong and you're like man it was wrong the ball hit the turf you know and so i think people focus on that and they they, they forget how much joy they're losing from every little play in football that you go you can just never it's so rare that there's a touchdown that you can be like he for sure scored just now because you, you can't <laughs> even see the whole field to know if there was a flag, you know, way down the field or a flag. And, you know, they're following the receiver. Maybe there was a flag in the backfield, yeah, much yeah. less these all these replays and stuff. So it's like to cut down on the amount of like deferred joy, I think it's huge. But I, I, OK, I hear you. But but for me, I I'm comforted by the knowledge that. They get it right so much of the time now with a little assistance from instant replay. It's nice because you'll see whatever, like the player holds the ball out over the pylon and, and it's clearly a touchdown, but it wasn't called on the field. You know, I mean, when they cut away to an ad, you're even comfortable like, oh, it's going to be a touchdown when it comes back. You kind of know because you yeah. saw it and then that guy gets to see it and and almost all the time they get it right. There's something comforting me about because I'm a fairness guy. I want it to be fair. You know, if there's a weird play where he clearly does, doesn't have the knees down and crosses the plane or that crazy interception where the guy jumped up and pitched it to the other player, there's plays like that that would have cut, that might go away, but they stay an integral part of the game because we have a chance to look at them again. It's cool. I like that. I like alternate, that. alternate, the immaculate reception would not exist. Yeah. Franco Harris clearly picks the ball up off the turf. I don't. Think that's true. Oh, the nose of the ball touches the turf. You can see it even on the crappy old 70s footage. No, that's not true. That's it doesn't really, don't really have a view of that. That's why it's still a mystery. No, it's I'm telling you, watch the replays. It touches the turf. What immaculate yeah. conception? The immaculate reception, not the immaculate. There's definitely no there's definitely no video <laughs> on the immaculate conception. 
That would be quite the highlight reel. Let me tell you. The, the, we that would settle a so lot of arguments. Things. That would settle. It would settle. So I would be okay with replay on that. Um, I've done that I, twice in a month. I've said the wrong word there twice. I had the same thing with Glenn. It's crazy that the well, other one is so in, in my head. Kostaki 2, Herschel Walker 247. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, he's gone. Got, you still got a comfortable lead. Uh, man, uh, what, a, what, a, what a legacy tarnisher that was, huh? To what end? It just ruined... I mean, I guess there'll be half of the populace will like him even more, but it just feels like it ruined the whole, I'm just the guy that you loved when you were a kid. Like, it's, I, it was so simple and pure. I don't even think a lot of the people that voted for him were thinking happily about him. I think 25% of the people voting for him were like, <laughs> yeah, Herschel Walker's the man. 25% were like, that's my party. And then uh, I, I obviously think you're right. more than 50% were like, yeah, he's got stocks. It's it's the I hate Hillary crowd. Anything but that team, right? Yeah, right. but I just that's, like that's man, right. just like he's just it's just his Wikipedia's. Wait, well, it's funny though. I'm saying like he's gonna tarnish his legacy, <laughs> you know, other than like pointing a gun at his wife and fathering all these kids out. Of course, we. <laughs> not only did he have this disastrous political run, but he like refreshed our memory on all the bad crap that he'd done that had gotten kind of swept <laughs> under the rug. It's funny because I'm from Georgia. I didn't even know most of that stuff. And I shook his yeah. hand at a Super Bowl about five years ago. <clears throat> it was like meeting Santa Claus. You. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was a very warm experience. Like his hand just like, your hand disappears into this big warm hand. And you imagine it touching all those footballs and all those <laughs> glorious moments. And it Sounds personal. Uh, I'm just saying, like you're, when you grow up in Georgia and you meet Herschel Walker, it's a big fucking deal. I'm sure, honestly, I met Chuck Foreman and a couple of the Purple People Eaters, <laughs> and when Chuck Foreman shook my hand, I was like, "Oh, this this elderly gentleman could crush me like a walnut." <laughs> you know, like his hand was huge. Nice guy too. <laughs> also, not a nightmare. <laughs> See, that's why I prefer Minnesota to Georgia. No offense. There's a couple of reasons. Fine though, Atlanta is, which is your guy Herschel Walker is like the disaster. Of uh, of all of politics, and our guy Alan Page becomes one of the most like brilliant judges, and has like grade schools named after him. He's like an inspirational <laughs> figure to all children. <laughs> Alan Page, skull vice. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: when you're a Vikings fan, you have to take your victories and stuff. Like after he left our unsuccessful football team. Alan Page became an enormously successful human being. You can't just go to the record books. You got to find some tertiary stuff to talk up. Fair. All right, let's do uh, let's do some kudos or something here. We do we do that up here, right? You want to go first? You can go first. Well, mine's not going to be surprising. Mine's going to go to my boy, Kirk. They doubted him. They doubted him. And yet <laughs> he drank his Gatorade with such intensity that you could tell that he was coming back. Just like, also, I've come to, I've spent a lot of time watching Kirk <clears throat> Cousins. He has very round teeth. I encourage everyone to notice next time he smiles, he has very, very round teeth. They're like very instead straight. of being squared off, they're yeah, sort of round. they're kind of kind of rounded a little bit. I don't know. How, I don't know if that's like a. I don't know if that's a weird Michigan dentistry thing. How a toddler would draw them. Yeah, yeah, kinda. But uh, <laughs> man, I love Kirk. I I love that he's a dork. And he just you can't 
The guy just... It's funny that I used to think that Kirk was just good in garbage time. And I, I really, we, um, we, we, um, me and my friend uh, Quentin, we call him Garbage Unitas. That was our nickname for him. Because <laughs> when garbage time came around, he was like Johnny Unitas. It was like the greatest you've ever seen. But I'm starting to think that here's the thing. Kirk Cousins just doesn't ever give up. And so I don't think garbage time exists in Kirk Cousins' brain. Like truly, every he, he has this incredible ability to play every down like we're going to come back. But it doesn't have that. I don't know, certain guys like I don't know, Joe Burrow or Tom Brady have a kind of intensity where you're like, it feels like they're thinking that. But Cousins is more of like a humble mechanical version of it. He's not like, we're going to do it, boys. He's just like, well, well, we score on this play, you know, we'll, we'll score on the next play. This is almost we'll po- doing that. beautiful what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. I like this. Okay. It's, it's, so it's, it doesn't have the flash of, like I said, of, of, uh, of a, you know, a Bra- Brady gets that look in his eye like he's going to, he's going to like eat people alive, you know? Yeah. He puts his head down. And you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Kirk just looks really disappointed in himself in an intense way. But the, the, it's weird that like he doesn't seem to play with more emotion. He just plays with so such little emotion that there's never he contains it, he controls it so well that to him it's never over. It's like you, in his mind, he could throw three Hail Marys at the end of the, the game and win. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. That was nice. It recontextualizes all those garbage time <laughs> things. Those were all just comebacks that didn't quite happen. <laughs> That's cool. I can root for Kirk Cousins. Uh, what happens? Are they keeping him around? What happens to him kind of in the next couple uh, I of years? I think the dream scenario, if you're a Vikings fan, I think the thing you have to root for, because right now they got nothing. They got, I don't know. They, I think they actually let Kellen Mond go. Kellen Mond sucks. Sorry, Kellen yeah. Mond's family. I'm sure he's super nice, and he'll probably be like a great high school coach, but we did not need him on our professional football team. <laughs> uh, that was a desperation draft. I think <laughs> what you got to hope for is that they they draft a kid this year uh, you, you're going to need at least a year for the. It, there's, they're not going to have a draft pick that's going to let them get somobody who's a, a day one prospect. But I think if you pick oh, because they're good, you got to brag like that about your good yeah, team. We're actually going to get a nice little draft pick this year, <laughs> uh, but or not a nice draft pick, which is nice to me. Uh, but but you know, I think there's we could get a project guy to develop, and then worst case scenario, maybe two more years of cousins, and you draft a guy, but maximum two, ideally one, and then. It'd be nice to have another full year of Cousins. And then that way, depending if Kirk's still crushing it and the new kid's still halfway there, maybe you do two years of Cousins. Maybe you extend them for a year, potentially. Um, and you have you have a great young backup, and then you still have another couple of years on that kid's rookie deal when it's done. But I think yeah. the Jordan Love situation has taught us that, like, you, get a, you, well, you draft a quarterback, sit him for a year max. He needs to be playing some in year two, at the most starting in year three, because you need that rookie contract to build stuff around him. All right, I'll give my uh, I'll give my uh, kudos to sort of broadly the Jaguars. I feel yeah. like I, there was a comparison between uh, Trevor Lawrence's stats and Troy Aikman's stats. Some somebody was throwing around earlier, like he had a really bad first year. The second year, it sort of grows. And I think there's a, there's some life in that team. You know they they've got the Super Bowl winning coach from Philly now, and they've got a scrappiness about them in some of the games. They're not good this year, but. I feel like they've righted the ship. They've turned it around. Mm-hmm. Finally, they've got what, what can be a, a real franchise quarterback for a decade. They've got a good coach. They've got a good situation. They've moved on from last year's unmitigated coaching and otherwise nightmare of a season. Oh, yeah. Travis Etienne feels like he's for real. They've got some good receivers. They've, they got Calvin Ridley coming in next year. <laughs> um, 
I, I think it's I, I've been rooting for a long time for uh, for the for the Browns to be good and the Jaguars to be good and the Lions to be good and the Texans to be good. And now fuck the Browns. I hope they're bad for 20 years. Yeah. Um, uh, but I like I like that the Lions seem to have turned the corner and the Lions went. Do you know this? They went one and six this year and then six and one. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, so that's a legit, like they've turned the corner. The Jags are on a not dissimilar trajectory. It's not quite as literally symmetrically dramatic, but, um, no, the Jaguars look good. The Titans are fading. I think the Jaguars could catch the Titans. I think that is legitimately plausible. The Jags had a weird thing where they looked good early this year and then went Mm -hmm. away for a while. (laughs) Well, and I think the main thing is that Trevor Lawrence doesn't just look kind of good. Trevor Lawrence looks good. Also. Next time you notice him, notice looks a little bit like his own avatar. I just saw Avatar Two: The Way of Water. He is shaped some suspiciously like a Navi. He's very, he's very, very skinny. He's very weirdly lanky. He's got that he definitely long face. doesn't look like a person. He looks like a drawing no. of a person. He's an equine yeah. drawing of a beautiful woman. Yeah, like a really talented seventh grader drew a picture of a starting quarterback. Yes, you know, with the, the anatomy is a, a little bit it. off, but it's like pretty good, right? It's right, pretty good. Right. Like you the, got the broad strokes. The face is a little too big for the body somehow. The shoulders yeah, right. are a little too wide. The hips right. are a little too narrow. It just <laughs> the looks nose a little, little too little big. Yeah, the hair's the hair's a little too girly. Yes, <laughs> the face I cannot count. It's it's not at all that he, he's. It's not that he's like an unattractive dude. It's just that uh, I think Dan Hanzu said he looks like. Uh, he looks like he definitely is the lead singer of a very popular Christian rock band. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, I was like, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> he, he definitely looks like an avatar. He looks like a drawing or a computer generated version of a thing. And I mean, yeah. avatar is in the blue avatars from Avatar <sighs> 2, The Way of Water in theaters now. It's good. Yeah, that's right. Have I you saw seen it on Sunday? I saw it on Sunday because the Vikings weren't playing and neither were the Packers. And? Oh, it's awesome. It's great. Theatrical, you got to see it theatrically. The second hour of that movie is like going to an alien aquarium. It's just <laughs> cool to just sit there and look at all this cool underwater. Like someone dreamed up a world that like looks like it could be real, but it's like the coolest thing you've ever seen. Did you see the Disney version of this? Like the softer version that's the new Disney movie that's like Strange World or something? No, I heard it's good. I went to that recently and had that reaction where I was I just a cool enjoying all of the creative, weird ideas that they had about what another world would be like. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a version of that. So yeah. I all right. It. Plus you can keep your eye for Trevor Lawrence. He's hiding in there somewhere. I can't believe you liked the cannibal movie. I was going to turn to you as one of my, as like my argument against my daughter. My Owns kid it loved it. Huh? Yes. Yeah. That's a, that's so a what? You didn't like it. You don't like horror movies. Are you scared? I love creepy stuff. I found it to be like just devastatingly horrific to watch. Oh, see, that's I, my also. I, I think it was well done. Kid, watch, but like I kept thinking, to watch with your kid. I remember the scandal of natural born killers. This idea of two people like driving across America, yeah. murdering people and stealing money. This is two two people driving across America, murdering and eating people and stealing <laughs> their money. It was even worse. Nobody said boo about it. Well, I, I liked the novel by Camille DeAngelis. I read it many years ago. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I thought the movie was great. It's, a, it's about, uh, you know, two people who are uh, outsiders, you know. And they, they don't want to kill people. That's got a little bit of their curse, right? <coughs> That's a good but movie. they oh, dude, do. When she, when she bit that girl's finger at the slumber party, I jumped out of my seat. That was so cool. <laughs> and that Timothy Chalamet is handsome. 
Yeah, I get it. I'm I'm trying to see it through the eyes of a 14 year old girl. I see the appeal of that dude. dude when he's all shirtless couple. and covered in blood, like when you, if you're 15, your heart is a Twitter. <laughs> it's just so yucky. Oh, it's just so. I again, I know I'm the old guy in this argument, but I just felt like this is bad for the society that we would celebrate two people who are doing something they know is wrong. And they're like, ah, it's not that bad. And they just keep doing it anyway. And they're, they feel really bad about it. And all the people that they meet who also do it are really bad, but they continue to do it. And they're the heroes of our stop. story. They literally it's weird. It, it's a, it, I found it uncomfortable the whole fucking time. Well, it probably didn't help to watch it with your teenage daughter. I would not like to watch that movie. I would, <laughs> I would have never gone parents. otherwise. She talked me into it. It was like a favor to her that I even went to that kind of shit. Well, it's very uh, good. And I'm a big fan of Luca Guadagnino, the director. He's a fantastic director. I have to say, some of the acting and the directing and the vibe of it were really well done. But it's a whole movie about murdering and eating people. Stop it already. <laughs> so you're not a big fan of Ravenous? You know, like fresh. I, I, oh, I've seen I, a lot of good. There's a lot of good cannibal movies. Live Bait. Uh, that's a good cannibal movie. Motel Hell. That's a good cannibal movie. It's. I think it's. <clears throat> I think it's the natural born killers complaint because it's it's it felt like you're rooting for them to eat them. It's the same thing of. You kind of you you connect with the lead characters and so you become you're like you're also an outsider. And you're rooting for them to do something terrible that's bad for the community. And it makes you uncomfortable. Like, I, I don't like that. I didn't, I didn't like that as a consumer of the product. <laughs> well, I, my moral compass might be a little bit, uh, a little said differently than yours. That's mad. I didn't expect to go on this rant. I just thought, <laughs> I, I, when I saw you had commented on it, I was like, oh, Brian Miller's going to hate this movie. And I could tell. I love Ava, that movie. It's in my top 10 of the uh, year. I, did, I didn't even want to tell her. I did tell her, but I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> Well, tell Ava she's right. <laughs> and also, I'm sure she's right. That she, I'm sure she has a crush on, on Timmy. And tell her she's also right about that. He's a very handsome boy. Well, that, that I could see. I'm not I'm not even arguing that. I, I I could even see that myself. I'm like, oh, that's a handsome, you know. No he's, doubt. He's there's something very charming about him, even in the movie, as this horrific character. You're like, yeah, I like this kid. Yeah. All right, let's do but this. But now it's time for which <laughs> comes first. Oh, yes, it's time for which comes first. Now tell me, will this happen before that happens? It's time for which comes first. All right, we can do this quickly. I, this was just a simple thought. I've asked a version of this before in different forms, but I, it is one of the most intriguing questions to me as a long, long haul NFL fan. Which of these underdog, terrible teams that we were just talking about wins a Super Bowl first? Is it Texans? Is it Jaguars? Is it Lions? These teams that have been bad for decades are suddenly kind of eking into the middle of the pack now and have up arrows going forward, right? Like the, the Lions and Jaguars and Texans in particular have lots of draft capital coming up, you know? So uh, the these, Bears. Teams, these teams and the Bears. That's exactly right. The Bears, the Bears especially. A, and the, the Bears, Bears have a real quarterback. So that's why that's the the Bears are still really bad. Like really bad. But they're fun to watch. They've got like a Michael Vick situation now. Yeah. And I think the Bears and the Jaguars are the most likely. I think the smart money is on them because they both have quarterbacks that you can imagine winning the Super Bowl. Uh 
I don't, I'm not saying the Lions, I'm saying it's impossible, but I don't see with the Lions, and, I, and none of these teams obviously this year, even if they made it to the playoffs, would 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 win. Um, Jared just, Goff is a Super Bowl quarterback. He's a Super Bowl losing quarterback, correct? Well, he scored three points in that game. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I don't, I'm talking about winning the Super Bowl, not just getting there. I'm not winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> the um, meme I was so jealous of that, that week was uh, uh, so, someone posted uh, a picture of the Sheraton four points. So the Sheraton outscored the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. I was like, oh, I wish I did that. Yeah, that's good. Um, no, I, I, I think you, because you just never know if it, how the draft goes, but if, with all the draft capital, they those teams have got. The Bears have a lot, too. Like they could be a pretty fundamentally new team built around Justin Fields within two years. Oh, like it, they might they like might a, be competitive next year. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think I think yep. I would not want to put money against any of those three teams missing the playoffs next year. I'm not saying they're all gonna make it, but I don't think just based on what you know now, they all seem like contenders for the playoffs. But I feel like the Bears are the easy answer. So let's pull the Bears out. Is it sure. Jaguars, Jaguars or Texans? Not the Texans. I don't know. Te- not the Texans. It's not the, Texans the Lions. Are, the Texans are cursed to wander for a thousand years. The Texans are <laughs> god awful, and they deserve they deserve as much crap about this Browns as the Browns do. I think because right up until they felt obligated to dump Deshaun, they covered up for a lot of bad shit that he did. And then the Browns just doubled down by taking him despite that. <laughs> so like, I think the Browns are like worse, but the Texans are still pretty gross. Um, and I, hate, I hear you. I hate the Texans. I hate the Texans. Everything about the Texans sucks. J.J. Watt was <laughs> annoying. Their coach everything about them sucks. They've sucked forever. They'll keep sucking. Um, <laughs> the Lions, I don't know, you know. Um, I'm not convinced that Dan Campbell's as good a coach as everybody else is. He's like, he'll get his boys to run through a brick wall. It's like, No, we don't know if he's a good coach, but he's a fucking character. He's fun oh, to watch. Oh, he's a great character. <laughs> and I mean, he's a motivational coach. I don't know if he's a good coach. Um, but I, but but it, but it could be, and you could see that that team. Like, I think there's a few players on that team, particularly uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, and and Williams, the running back. If they were on a different team that people actually watched, they'd be like, "Holy crap, that guy's a superstar!" You just don't. <laughs> people aren't watching Amon Ross St. Brown very much, but that guy's good because we get you know we get Lions games here as sometimes as our kind of default game if the Vikings aren't on, because it's like, right, well, we're right. going to give you a North game. And so we get, I've seen more than my share of Lions games and uh, they've got a lot of good pieces. Um, they're definitely Lions and Jags, I would say are up there, but I think the the Jaguars having Lawrence, they have a piece that the Lions like need desperately. The hardest thing to get, right, is that great quarterback. They have that. Yeah. He's young. He's good. He's what, <clears throat> three years, two years in? He's real fresh. Um, so they've still I, – I, that's who I would say. You know, they you know they get a couple of big defensive pieces and a couple of more offensive players. You could see them causing some real trouble. Yeah, I think you've convinced me. I think I agree with you that it's probably – of that group we just discussed, it's probably Bears, Jags. Lions, Texans, right? And but closer to the top three, I think, and then I think there's a drop before the Texans. But then there, but you know, none of these are going to happen in the next couple of three years. So it's it's a little bit of a long, it's a long arc story. And the Texans well, could get a great quarterback. They're going to be, they're yeah. going to probably have the first pick in the draft. They're going to have gonna the first get, pick in the draft. I think. They're going to get all those number one picks from the Deshaun trade, and they up offloaded all the money from that problem and all the headaches and. 
that's the thing is I just feel so confident that they'll screw it up. <laughs> screw everything up. Whereas the Jaguars have actually gotten a bunch of stuff kind of right, you know, here and there. Well, not a bunch, but some. Um, but I mean, I, this is kind of the first time, really, since, you, you know, like me, Mark Brunel or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're going to – let's say the Jags finish over 500 this year. That seems – that seems very possible, right? Two years no, from know. now, yeah. same team, Trevor Lawrence, give me all those – you know, all those – the number one, one, two draft picks between now and then. All those guys on rookie contracts, Trevor Lawrence, and in the fourth year, maybe they extend his option. He's still cheapish in his fifth year. Okay. That's, that's, I, I don't think it would be crazy. Again, I'm not saying it's going to happen. If you told me in two years that Jacksonville Jaguars are in the Super Bowl, I, I don't think that's crazy. Yeah, I hear you. I, see, I can see exactly how it could happen, right? Whereas, yeah. like, it's like the Texans, it's like, I guess it could, but I don't see that path. You know, right. even the Lions are like, really? The Lions? Andreas and, makes a point here. Uh, Jameson Williams isn't even really playing yet, and they have a loaded offense. That kid might be the best receiver in the draft. We don't know yet. Yes. Um, this is a good draft of receivers. Yes. Uh, Ch- Chambers said, LOL, Miller makes a solid point. They knew they had to know <laughs> in Houston. Yeah, no shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, at least, to, you know what? To their credit, they didn't bench him. <laughs> they could have they kept him playing. For a while before that stuff went down, they could have kept him on the field. There was no punitive league action that said that they had to sit Deshaun Watson. At well, that he, time, well, it got confusing because he refused to play for them at some point too. Well, so that was what's little... funny was we segued from him saying "I'm not playing for you" to, to him saying like "Can I play at all?" You know, so it was a weird thing. But they, I mean, I'm not giving them much credit because they right. they hit a lot of that stuff. They were they were happy to uh, sign some of those uh, non disclosure deals and and I mean. Think about this. They knew about it, and they kept feeding these poor women into the the wood chipper that is Deshaun Watson. They kept sending these women in. I'd be like, get me the biggest, strongest, gayest masseuse we can find, a huge dude, and be like, this guy tries anything, break his elbow. (laughs) I mean, just like, but, but like they didn't do that. They kept sending women in. Although I think he was also getting a lot of these women like privately but they were like allowing that i mean they, they were like at least with the that's round, the thing that's yeah. that's almost certainly a gray area of them looking the other way somewhere yeah. along the line you probably could argue that several, the browns are like <laughs> probably dozens of times the right. browns are like okay starting now <laughs> no more abusing masseuses or whatever and they could like in some dark corner of their brains they could kind of buy into it or whatever um, but look, but, but look, the Texans covered that that shit up. So I, I, I hate the Texans, but also I just like, even if you're trying to imagine the path, you're like, okay, we imagine that they draft a rookie. We imagine that that rookie turns out to be really good. And we imagine that he gets acclimated to the NFL fast enough. We imagine a supporting cast comes around and that their coach is better. <laughs> like that's a lot of like just big question marks. Whereas the Jaguars, you're like same team, same dudes. I don't, I don't know the Jags well enough as a team, but like pick their three worst positions. Drop three number one picks in two years into there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That could happen. Man. They go, they go win it all in London. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, although I, I gotta say, speaking of London, that Matt Ryan also having the biggest international loss is definitely the funniest of all of that list. Where you're like, dude, you managed to. Have you, there's only been like 35 games in London. I mean, like in total, it's unbelievable. Oh, this poor guy. You think it's all his right? Fault, by the way. 
What's is that? it something endemic to Matt Ryan, or is it that he has been on teams that? I was were... going to ask you that. I feel like it's probably it's more of the weight of those things falls on the coaching and the play calling than than so. we give it credit for. But he definitely has a little bit of that. Like, this is a guy you can strip sack. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. But it's like in like the he... Super Bowl, that was not the play call's fault necessarily that he no. allowed a strip sack, which is the only thing you can't do there. Yeah, he has. He definitely bears some responsibility for some of that, but but I don't think most of it. It's not like Matt Ryan gets a big lead and then he has like a Nathan Peterman five interceptions and a half. No, he hasn't. Game, had, you know? Yeah, you're right. It hasn't None been of them total meltdown. meltdown. I was never screaming at Matt Ryan. Well, other than the strip sack during that Super Bowl. I mean, I was just like flabbergasted by the whole scheme. Just literally everything they did. I, in fact, it'd be interesting to go back and rewatch that Vikings Colts game. <laughs> I want to rewatch the Vikings Colts game because I, I so didn't think it was going to happen that I wasn't even focused on any mistakes that the, that the Colts were play, making. Cause I was just so baffled and the whole thing was so weird that, right. you know, when it got down to like two touchdowns, like, well, I don't know. Vikings, they played well to pull it off. So I'd be interested to see if I think the Colts could have like just, put their feet in the sand just grind them down and say, nope we're not moving <laughs> all right i gotta run and get back to this sick kid let's uh let's play a little music here we'll do do a couple of the plugs uh check me out on cameo uh check out the patreon check out kostaki.com go read the article by brian miller that's on the uh all pro lines platforms go see brian and uh, share it all around (laughs) share it that's what you do yeah share it all around help the uh machine uh tell the employer that brian's a good writer that's what we try to do here you'll see brian on new year's if you're in the dakotas and if you're in the Minnesotas, come see me on New Year's. In fact, if you're in that part of the world, come see both of us that weekend. See us both on Thursday. I'll be at Acme on Thursday. Oh, okay, cool. For and drinking. And also, we'll, we'll start a uh, absolutely, and we'll start a fund to raise some money to put some art on your blank ass bachelor walls. What are you talking about? I got. What? What about the art on my chest? Oh, the tree and the shirt look great, but the walls are institutionally <laughs> empty. <laughs> Even the hotel has a picture of a boat or something, you know? Fair enough. I'm giving you the last word. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you soon.